This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast with me, Tom Ward. The podcast is kindly sponsored by the Sky Blue Tavern, which is the best place in Coventry to watch live sport, whilst of course enjoying one of their lovely beers and food from the Indian Grill menu. Um, pleased to be joined by Dean and Ross this evening. How are we doing, chaps? Good evening. Good evening. Getting the band back together, as they say. <laughs> the, the, the dream team. Give the fans what they want. <laughs> it's the first one with you, Dino, in a in a while. It is, yeah. I've been uh, gallivanting away, shall we say, <laughs> with work, but um, I'm back at least for one week only. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to have you on, boys. And obviously, it's been a busy week. Uh, we've got some transfer activity to talk about, and obviously some some news about the ownership of the club as well um, to get through. Um, also, of course, we'll be looking back at yesterday's two 0 win at home to Huddersfield. Um, so I suppose let's start with the the transfer activity from this week. Um, two new signings in the door, much needed. Um, Luke McNally on loan from Burnley and, and then Sean Maguire as well on a short-term contract um, from Preston. Um, Dean, what have you made of the uh, the transfer activity this week? Ah, oh, shite, according to Twitter. <laughs> uh, you know, if you, if you listen to what that, them, them lot on Twitter have been saying, everything we've done so far, this this uh, window is, has been awful. No, for me, I think these are two really clever signings quite astute especially Sean Maguire on that six-month contract he'll be you know chomping at the bit to get a longer-term deal so why not have him around the the club we could only be a a positive for us Um, and I think we saw with McNally's performance yesterday he's going to be a a top signing for the next six months and if Burnley go up which is you know they look destined to do at the moment there could be an opportunity there um, to, to maybe sign him permanently at the end of the season depending on on his performances so I for me these these are two are quite clever and I'm, I'm really positive from the club yeah I was gonna say I think they look like signings that that yeah looking towards the future right I know we've done we've done well signing players on loan and they're making them permanent players like Sheaf and Yokerez in the past so 
it looks like a, a clever bit of business. Like you say, Maguire's going to have to prove himself as well. Um, you know, we've had players on two or three-year contracts who haven't turned out well. So this seems to be a, a smart way of doing things, Ross. Yeah, 100%. And I think we've sort of been stung with you know several players giving them sort of long-term deals when potentially we haven't enough due diligence on certain players and we've still got players, you know, on the books who finally their three-year deals come to an end this summer. De Costa, Hillsner, they spring to mind, you know, and... We've Ross, had loads Ross of has got well. Hillsner on his shirt, by the way. 100%. <laughs> no chance. Um, but, uh, but no, I think it's very smart. I agree everything uh, that Dino said. I think... Yeah, the ball's in Maguire's court, you know, to impress. If he doesn't impress and, and Robbins goes, actually, no, we, we yeah, we could do a lot better, then we, he moves on. You know, there's no, we're not stuck with him saying for another 18 months or, or whatever. And then, then I think McNally, I agree. I think Burnley are going to get promoted and they're going to want to probably sign some more defenders. And yeah, he stood out. We'll obviously get into the game yesterday, but um, yeah, no, he looked very good. So and also the two wing backs adding more depth. So all in all, I think, you know, the window shutting, no one else, no one leaving of note. Uh, I don't think anyone can argue with what we've done this window. I don't. I yeah. don't get the the moaning and groaning though from the fans. It's just like I know it kind of seems like low in FC at the moment, but January is notoriously difficult to sign players at good prices. You've already seen people leave this window in the Premier League as well for ridiculous prices. I mean, Anthony Gordon going for forty million today, rising to fifty million. He hasn't shown enough for me to be a, a forty million pound player. But it just goes to show what happens in January. Those are overinflated prices that we cannot afford to get involved with. I know people say, oh, Doug King takeover, there's got to be money there. He's not a Saudi sheik or whatever. You know, I said to you, Ross, he's, he, is, he is the equivalent of a corner shop going up against Tesco. That's, that's what it feels like. He doesn't have a, a boatload of cash to absolutely throw willy-nilly at the club. We have to do it conservatively. But he's not one, a guy with uh, like four wallets a to throw it. Pit. Well, that's why he said, you know, Robin said, you know, it's incremental, but we'll be able to do it, you know, at a quicker pace than, you know, and there's not going to be that austerity that there was before and we can plan and we know where we're standing. I mean, obviously the big thing, and I feel pretty, pretty confident, you know, there's been obviously rumours and stuff about, you know, Everton and, and Jokeres. I think, you know, obviously it was confirmed that he's got 100% of the club and, it, you know, Cecil are gone. And I, I just look back and I think everyone's moaning. And I, th I think Robbins was quite right to sort of point out, you know, that there's been this sort of little bit of negativity and, and, and stuff, really. Because if you'd said to me that there's three, four games into the season after we'd lost to Millwall, after being 2 0 up and we were bottom, and we, you know, if you'd said to me that by the end of January, Wasps would have gone, Cece would have gone, we'd be mid table, closer to the playoffs than we are relegation, I'd have, everyone would have snapped your hand off. You wouldn't have believed it. And you, you would know? have said, what are you smoking, basically? Yeah, exactly. That's so, happened. But people, yeah. people need to got very short memories, you know. And and Robbins has basically said it, you know, several times that there's zero chance Yokoraz is going to go. As we, as you said, January is a, a desperation window. If a team are that desperate that they want to come about, they've got to they've got to pay like a a joke fee, a fee where you sort of go, would be silly to not accept it. But we can't. I don't. I don't think he's going to go. I don't know what your thoughts are. Are, you, are we in a position to to say no though? If someone comes in with a twenty million pound this... bid. This is the thing, isn't it? With the length length of his contracts remaining, um, yeah, I think we've there's probably got to be a certain point at which we 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 would want to move him on. Um, that's that's three seasons worth of mm. really good transfer dealings in twenty million. Who do you, who do we get in now? I don't think you get anybody in now. Then I think that's I think I I think that is such a I'd rather us accept a lower fee in the summer, but but you know get to get to the yeah I'd rather us accept 
14 in the summer, but having to the end of the season to make sure that we can have a, you know, a good end to the season and not get dragged into anything because you take him out of the team. Yeah, but we have to start playing differently. Yeah. Are we in a comfortable enough position now that we feel like we're not going to get relegated? Mm. I would say, I would I'd say, hundred percent. So. I'd say so. I think the moment you think that though, that then that's the most dangerous. Yeah, but I think the players begin. are not going to think that way. For us, though, as fans, I would say, was it twelve points off the relegation zone at the moment? You know, yeah. there's there's five teams down there that are absolutely dog awful. Yeah, and we're not going to go down. I agree, but I don't think it. I agree. There's a point. If they came in and offered twenty five million tomorrow with twenty of it up front. Then yeah, I'd I'd probably accept it, but I. But the figured sort of I don't know I sort of feel like the value he gives us I don't think we're in a position to suddenly go right let's just change our whole style I don't think we'll do we'd be very good at that. It's whether we feel like we're we've got the quality to get up this year. Have we? Have we showed that in the last six weeks? I don't think so. Personally, I don't think we've we're anywhere near playoff potentials at the moment with the way we're playing. I know we got a result yesterday, but it's the first win in, what, six games? We've played really, really poorly since the turn of the World Cup. Like, really poorly. Uh, we've had spells, but nothing like the performances like we know the team can put together. I want to see more. And if we we need to start showing more if you feel like we're going to aim for the playoffs. Other teams around us are performing week in, week out, and we're not at the moment. So... I don't know. It's, it's just. It's, well, I agree. I think there's lots of questions. There's lots of questions, isn't it? Is it realistic that we're going to get to the playoffs? I don't think so. If we get a bid for twenty million for Gokarez, we have to take it. Yeah. Well, I know. I, I can't argue. I don't argue with any of that. I don't think we will get to the playoffs, even if we you know, keep hold of Vic. I just think. I don't know. Do, do you think? Do you do you think that a bid will come in then? I, I just think, think. I think they will. I, I think Doug King to sort of to prove that it's a different thing to a. A, a Sisu era, selling Ape on the eve of a window again. Just, I just don't think that would just go down well. I think it's, it's, yeah. I just don't I think it'd go down it, well. it won't go down well at all with the fans, hundred percent. But you've got to, he's got to think long term for for the club. I know, but he, he said repeatedly that he needs the fans. I think you got to get keep, keep you know the our fans. You know what they're like anyway. Fickle enough. He needs to. Yeah, he's already got people still thinking. You know, all these conspiracy theorists. He, he, he said in his interview, we need the fans. I need the fans. So I think selling our best striker we've had in, in years on the dead, you know, on the eve of the, the window shutting, I don't think is going to endear himself to any of the fans who are, have doubts about him. Like, I agree. Sensibly, 20 million probably would make sense. Um, it's the gamble though, right? Isn't it for him? That's a gap. That's a huge gamble. He's got to take, take on board. Well, I mean, the proof would be the pudding in the summer. The summer is going to be a summer of change. The, the summer of change that Robbins has alluded to for the last couple of seasons is, is going to happen. And I think we're going to be in a position to spend fees on certain players because we're going to free up a lot of wages from a lot of the deadwoods going. So it's going to be an exciting summer. And I, I think we need to be thinking he's going to go in the summer. If he doesn't go tomorrow or Tuesday, he'll go obviously in the summer. And we need to be planning on who the striker is that we're going to, you know, we're going to get in to try and build the team around. Um if, yeah, if you feel like we need to buy a striker in this window, if we get Giacarez, we're going to be paying overinflated prices for whoever we try to purchase. Well, of course it is, and because everyone would know we've got X amount of yeah money, and it, it, yeah, it's just a, a domino effect, isn't it? You know, everyone would charge inflated prices, but then we should be doing that for for Giacarez. It's a difficult one, isn't it? I completely get get what we both say. I think, I think it would it would cause a bit of a I don't know. It would cause some issues with the, in in the fan base, but. It is about the long-term picture and Doug King has to be judged on what happens in the summer. 
and and twenty million pounds is a hell of a lot of money that can do a, a lot for the football club. I mean, we talk about things like, I mean, in every aspect of the club, we talk about things like ticket prices and stuff like this. You know, you, you could sell cheaper season tickets or do cheaper match day prices. So much potential in the transfer window. I just think it could make such a big difference to the club if we got money like that. Even if it was a bit of kind of short term, you know, upset from the fans or whatever. That's the gamble he's got. If he, if he did it and it upset some fans, but then we had an absolutely brilliant summer and we were, you know, in the top two or top six at the start of next season, I don't think anyone would complain, if I'm honest. Well, the thing is, with the big turnover in the summer, he's going to have to have some funds available. It's going to take, you know, five to ten million pounds maybe to, to bolster the squad. That's good enough to, to fight for the playoffs. So he's going to have to put some money available. Well, and that would be more money than... We've ever had, mil- yeah, we've, than we've ever had, you know, and there's going to be wages available. I, and it is a gamble, like you know, I don't, I don't think we'll go down. I'm sort of playing devil's advocate here, but I, because I think there are just some rubbish, rubbish teams, um, and I think the gap that we've got, we don't, we need 12 points to get to 50, you know, and then we're, and we're and so we need four wins. Um, but let's say we sold him, and let's say the worst case happened. Do you know what I mean? It'd just be, I think it, it'd be brutal. You know, I, I don't know. I just think, I think you could get 15 million for him in the summer. Do you think so? With mm. a year left? No, I don't. I honestly don't think you're getting anywhere near that with a year left. Or, the, or you try and, or, or you, you, who knows what conversations are happening? You know, you could come in and go, we want to tie you down to a, a new deal. That's the you're... thing that needs to happen. 100%. Yeah. If he says to him, look, Vic, here's another 12 months contract. We will give you an extra X amount, whatever it is. And we'll put a clause in there to say if we get fifteen million pounds, we will listen to the offer. Yeah, that that's that's the way I would entice Vic into an uh, you know a, 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 another contract basically. I think if you built, if you said yeah, if you said to him, look, yeah, if you put a, a sort of a clause in, yeah, release clause that you know, like you say, fifteen to twenty million or eighteen million or whatever it is, but we built the team around him. You know, I, I think, I, th- I think he'd give you so you know such a an opportunity um, to you know to achieve what we what, what Doug King says he wants to do, which is obviously knocking on the door in around the playoffs, sort of season on season. You know, because on our day, as you as you said, since the World Cup, it's not been great. But beforehand, we'd won four in a row, and we looked sort of unstoppable. You know, and the nucleus of that team is exactly the same, apart from O'Hare's obviously got injured. So we know our team is capable of putting a run. And at the moment, it seems very unlikely. But if we go and beat West Brom and then beat Luton, suddenly everyone would go, oh, hello. There, yeah. And we might sign a player on Monday or Tuesday. You know, someone else could come in potentially. This guy who, you know, this plate that's spinning, and all of a sudden you'd go, you know what? Actually, we've we've got an outside chance. There's a, there's about ten teams you could maybe get fifth or sixth, and it's all about momentum. It's all about who gets the wins at the right point. And I'd argue on our day, and I said it on a pod with you before. Do you know? I think our starting eleven is is top six, and the bench obviously was sort of bottom six. You know, at that mm-hmm. point. Wing back area, we've sort of, you know, at least got, you know, it's nice to have a couple of options on the bench and injured players coming back. So we'll see. We'll wait and see. I, just, I hope he doesn't go. I just think it'd be a bit, sort of a bit of pill to swallow at the end of, of another January window. You know, we've had so many in the t- past, you know, McCallum, you know, Madison on deadline day. I just think, I just think it would be worth swallowing that loss in value. Let's say he doesn't sign a new deal and he, we have to sell him in the summer. I think swallowing that, sort of getting 20 million or even let's say, let's say 14 million or, or in the summer. But we keep him to the summer. I think that's worth it. That 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 change, I do, um, because it's a gamble. Because if Godden got injured, there's no guarantee he'd stay fit. 
who have you got? It's like Maguire. he's injured, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so that's what I mean. So you can't, We're very sure. You're, you're, you're saying, obviously, except 20 million, I'd agree. I think you'd be hard to say no to that. But if you're not going to bring anyone in and we got an injury, well, who? Uh, where's the goals coming from? That would be the concern. That would be the concern. We had anyone on kick it for a ticket that's been any good recently? No. Again? Honestly, the Norwich game, I, I couldn't even bring myself to watch it. I was that <laughs> disillusioned with, with what was going on. I was like, the last thing I need now is to see some goon. You was, know? It, was it David Moore? might have been actually but uh but no it's an interesting one i i yeah i don't know what does your gut say what does your gut say both of you my gut says he'll still be here after the deadline i don't think he will i think there'll be there'll be a bid and it'll be too good to turn down i just i just don't get why doug king and mark robbins would have both said there's no chance of him going when they know there is a chance if they know there's a value to sell him out yeah, exactly. I just, I just don't get why that. Why would you risk that? You don't have to say that. No one's pressured them to say that. Like, give us an answer on whether Vic will go. They've, they've just voluntarily said that. Money talks, Gosh. fella. That's especially. The thing. Oh, no, but, but they're but not they, naive that, enough to say that, are they? He, no, Robbins knows. Robbins knows. Why is he going to say there's absolutely no chance that he's going anywhere when he knows, like you've just said, money talks, but he still said it. And what I don't know why he'd. I mean, I know there's been windows where he said he said no chance we'll make signings, and we have, but that's more, you know. That's lowering expectations and then over delivering, isn't it? Yes, this is the first time him saying no around. chance. Yeah, yeah, that's the he normally under promises, over delivers. Yeah, him saying there's absolutely no chance Vic will go twice, saying that is uh, yeah, the opposite, like you say, over promising. So if suddenly we sell him and we don't bring anyone in. He knows, you know, he's been around the club long enough to know what that would do to, you know, bad vibes, Dino and all the other fans <laughs> we see on Twitter. So who knows, who knows what will happen? Um, Obviously, the news this week as well with Doug King buying the additional uh, 15% shares from CC. So that, you know, brought an end to, to CC's tenure at the, uh, owning the club. Um, yeah. What ding you, ding what Tong, the witch is chat? dead. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or, or has it? You know, some My question to some of our fans would be like, does... Does, is Joyce Apala still pull, pulling Doug King strings? You know, she's got zero percent. I, 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 I wonder know. where you were going to go with that there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. Those I mean, tweets have miraculously been deleted, though, from a lot of people. Oh, and on the forum, I saw people literally, literally, they were adamant. They're like, this is not going to happen. This guy's a charlatan. It's all for corporate tickets. I was thinking, he's now bought 100%. He's going a long way to justify getting these corporate tickets, isn't he? He only, uh, only has to ask you for, you know, that box. Yeah, like you were in last week. Yeah, you know, and it's like so. I think it's a great move. I think, like as I said at the start of the season, when we were in dire straits with the pitch and wasps and every, every that, the, the excitement we had for the season was just drained out of all of us. I think to be where we are now, you know, with the squad we've got, with the manager, but we're taken over and wasps have sort of gone out of Coventry as well. Can't argue. I think it's great, and I think it's nice that you know it's he's got 100 percent now, and I, I you. Even obviously when he, obviously this was to get the 15% acquiring that last bit was obviously in talks when he did his probably his press conference. But I just, him being diplomatic, you still got the vibe that the new stadium thing that Cecil had banged on about for years was just not on his mind in the slightest. He sounded like he wants to sit down and just, you know, crack out like a long-term deal with Fraser's. He talked about how they're a professional outfit and stuff. And as a, you know, a company and the things of the past and being communicating clearly. I mean, I've heard him talk more in two weeks than I had Joyce Parler in 
what, 10, 15 years. You and know, he looks so. like a really excitable puppy, though, at the moment. You know, like his Sky Sports interview last week, he was just like really, really excited about everything, which I think is a really good thing for us. But we we're not someone who's passionate, we? aren't, don't we? We've not, not passion there. CC, we've not been, we've not had anyone who we can look at and is it sort of accountable, you know, because the, the own CC weren't involved. It was like Dave Body, but he was just another, he's just, he was just the front. He was literally the, the, the puppet, you know, saying all the corporate answers, at least with Doug King. If he was to come say to the tavern and do a Q&A, a bit like Dave Body did last year, you go, you're getting answers from the guy who's making the decisions, you know, d- rather than getting answers from the guy who actually doesn't have any control and has been told what the decisions are. So I think it's going to be great to hear from him, the horse's mouth more. Robin's, I, I say it every week that my barometer is Mark Robbins. And I said this to people on Twitter, you know, if Mark Robbins ain't concerned, why should I be concerned? He sounds reinvigorated. That, that's the word he he's uses. A he says, he's a new man. He, yeah, he's, got some new, he's got some new shaven foam from, from Doug's brother. <laughs> oh, he loves it, doesn't he? Will King. He is. He's Anyone all over it. the PUSB 30 discount? <laughs> yes, yes. My dad did. My dad did it. I got, it. I got free free ones yesterday. First 25 fans got free, uh, free, free bottles. And he has to pay PMP, which was which was great. Yeah. And I don't I don't shave that often because I can't grow a beard like you boys. So <laughs> they probably they'll probably last me for Doug King's whole tenure at the club. But what what are your dad must be distraught? You know, being part of C two. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's it's been a lot. It's been a bit of a roller coaster under C two, hasn't it? There's been a lot of uh, a lot of low moments, and then obviously uh, the statement of the year. Yeah. <laughs> And obviously, but then we've, you know, we've got ourselves back to in, in, into a decent position. It's strange, really, that they, I suppose they kind of left the club how they found it, really, in a way. Um, what what are some of the uh, the moments that stick out for you chaps? Ken Deluru, whoever, however you pronounce him, on the dugout next to Oggy. That picture is one of the best things I've ever seen. It's just like, <laughs> what are you doing there, fella? And he had the audacity to go to the kit man and ask for his name to be put on the uh, oh, on yeah. the jacket. I mean, Ross Ross is a pure Covhardo, and he still didn't ask for that at the <laughs> club shop. So it's like absolute madness. That was laughing stock territory, as was that uh, Leonard Brody, you know, with the suggestion of texting in the substitutes. Now I'm all which for we, that. Yeah, I'm so all for it. Yeah. <laughs> we want to oh, say yeah. because maybe Robbins would pull his finger out a little bit and actually pull some stuff. I, I think he'd go, oh, it's Dino texting me again. <laughs> he'd block, he'd, your number would be blocked, mate. Hotline. No, I think um, some of, yeah, you laugh, I can laugh now, but some of Tim Fisher's like, you know, two birds of an eagle make and all this malarkey. I don't bluster. And, you know, just, I don't know, some of the stuff. Who's the it's guy just, who wants to get rid of the mascot? Was it that Onye fellow? Yeah, he said. He said that. Did he say Sky Blue Sam was too fat or something? Yeah, and they it just like said he's an elephant. It's so a bloody elephant, mate. Like it's <laughs> wild. Some of the people that have been involved in like the CSU's ownership, just absolute clueless, clueless idiots, mm. madness from all angles. We had Ray Ransom to begin with, didn't we? At least he had some kind of idea of what he wanted to build with. Op- I know Operation Premiership and all that sort of nonsense but at least he had some kind of idea but then after that it's just been awful awful leadership um they took us away from the city don't forget three times to play games yeah. that that's unforgivable in my yeah, book yeah. you know you, you can't you can't go back on that um but something clicked in it and let's say 2017 when we went down robin's come back 
something clicked that they had to put some investment into the club to get it back to where it needed. And to be fair to them, they've, you know, they took us back on a journey back to where we are now. And it's, yeah, it's back to square one effectively from when they took us over, like, like you said, Wardy, but some of the decision making has been dog awful from, from them. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm glad to see the back of them. Was it 2007 they took over? Mm. Yeah. Which is Genius. almost half my life. I've, that's all I've known and Sisu in control of, of the football club. And it's been a rough ride, but, you know, fingers crossed now we can never hear the word Sisu again and, and move on because I think that's that's the best thing for our football club. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about the game from yesterday. Um, McNally and Panzo came in to replace Rose and Dabo, who I think were ill. Uh, back to the three at the back, which, Ross, that was, was that pleasing for you to see? I know we talked about that last week on the pod. Yeah, we did. And uh, yeah, it's what I wanted to see. I, we looked what? Hold place. on a second. You love a thought at the back, fella. Uh, but if you you're listen, worse, than, Mike, you're worse so than Mike Bassett, you are. If, if you if you listened to the pod last week, Dino, and you know, if you'd seen the game against Norwich, you'd have seen that actually the proof is in the pudding. I turned off uh, after two eyes, minutes. I, you were slating me. Yeah, and my, and my eyes didn't lie to me. That against Burnley, it worked, right? I actually thought away from home, the, the setup looked good and we... But I don't know what it was against Norwich. And I, I still think that having the ability for us to play uh, a back four as, as an option, like we sort of practiced in the preseason and did against Sunderland on the opening day where we sort of went to a 4-2-3-1 or whatever, I still think it's an option. But I just I just felt like we needed to go back to basics, go back to you know what we were used to. Um, and obviously with the extra players coming back and obviously the bench looked better, I just thought, yeah, let's just... Let's just go back to what we've been doing and just try and, you know, because when it works, the formation, as we've seen, you know, it it does work. So, and yeah, I was pleased to see that. And I thought the team sheet filled me with a lot of confidence um, and the bench as well. So it was nice to... It didn't yeah, resemble gonna... it didn't resemble a crash, did it? The, mm. the bench this week, which is a, a real positive. So I think well, that's yeah. been a major issue, isn't it? You know, burnout in the team. That's probably why the performances haven't been there. Yeah. But now we've got Godden back, Maguire was there. We'll have Rose and Dabo back hopefully next week. Fads is back on the grass. Walker's playing again. Those guys are going to come back in the squad. It bolsters the squad out. And like you say, Ross, at times our bench has been bottom six. But with those names going back in, you kind of hope that it will you know, pad out to be sort of a, a middle, middle of the table kind of bench. Um, and maybe we can rotate, have a different game plan rather than just seemingly boot the ball to Vic and chase him down at the moment. Yeah, really, really pleasing to see a much stronger bench yesterday. Eccles as well, back back in there as well. Another another body who obviously can play in a couple of different positions. Um, Dean, what did you make of the uh, the first half? Wasn't the best of games, no, was it? No, absolutely awful. Um, I mean, some of the passing was just dreadful. Like, Panzo three times Panzo. Yeah. How's he made team of the week, by the way? I don't... Oh, no, I saw that before we came on, yeah. Madness. Um that was I think one they of his... just picked players at random, if I'm honest, for that. Yeah, he was. That was one of his worst games, I thought, for for Carl yeah, yesterday. Shocking, 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 shocking. Like he missed. I think the the tackle early when he got the yellow card that really put him on the back foot, and his performance from there just went absolutely downhill. But yeah, really, really poor. His passing was was shocking yesterday. There was there was one he intercepted a pass, come out from the back. And then just passed it straight back to them. Yeah, yeah. He got a second bite of the cherry and did the same pass. And I was like, I, could, I was literally going, "What am I watching?" Man? There was nobody. Was, there, there was not even a blue uh, shirt there. Yeah, that was his worst game, I think. Like apart from, yeah, I thought he had a really sort of poor game. Um, 
and you know, like you say, he did put him on the back foot, you know, that yellow card. When he went steam ever, I thought, oh, he must be getting there first because he, he committed. I was like, he ha-. and then when he absolutely wiped him out, I thought, oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, but yeah, the, the it's interesting, really. You know, obviously, Grusso's not here, but Andy, but the stats, you know, obviously, the 44, only 44% possession. I think that comes down to the fact that our passing, I, not just Panzo, I thought Sheaf, I thought first half, pretty much everyone, it was so sloppy. You know, Hamer, we just couldn't, we literally couldn't put two passes together. Um, I'd love to see the stat on how many misplaced passes there there, there were because that would have been one of our highest games, I reckon, for, for how many times yeah. we just got rid of the ball. And, you know, seemingly, like, we just knock it up the pitch to try and get Victor to, you know, latch onto it. And even that wasn't working first half. The passing, the long passing was no. still going astray. We, you know, the biggest gaps in the world to put the, not the ball into. So nothing really worked that first half. No, it wasn't wasn't good. Um, Hamer though was 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 decent. looked looked uh, looked good yesterday, um, and he had a chance just before half time. Actually, quite similar to, to the goal he ended up scoring, really. Uh, but a decent save from the keeper, Ross. Yeah, it was. And to be fair, it was one of those things. I, I, as first half was obviously yeah pretty much pretty dreadful. But the only way they were going to do anything was from one of our sloppy passes because they were appalling as well. But as the first half, you know, last 10, 15 minutes, we sort of stepped it up. We started flirting with getting into second gear slightly, and we had a couple of opportunities. And obviously, you know, Vic had a shot, and then Hamer's effort was—it was a good effort. Um, and yeah, just was just curled a bit too close to the goalkeeper. I thought I was right behind it, but um, he sort of sparked into life a little bit. And you thought, if we can just step it up one gear, one level, we'll we'll win this game. And yeah. inevitably, we did, and we did enough. Um, yeah, exactly. It, was, it reminded me of the Wigan game a little bit from a few weeks back when it was nil-nil and it was like, you know, if we're just a bit patient here, we will get a chance. Someone like Hamer can can change the game. Um, and Dean, I thought actually we came out second half with a little bit more intent and you just had that feeling that we would get a chance and we, we'd convert it at some point in the game. Yeah, I think there was two two things that happened. Robbins probably gave them an absolute bollocking at half time because everybody came out and they just looked up for it a bit more. Rather than it was, it was kind of like everyone was going through the motions that first half, um, and sort of on their heels rather than on their toes, and and that changed. But then you ventured him, Hamer just grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck, and that's a few times he's done this now. There was I can't remember if it was a game just before Christmas or before the World Cup break, and we were really poor, really lethargic, and some some something changed, and he was the the catalyst for that. And I think that was the same in this game. Really, really good performance. And he needed to because last week he absolutely went missing for, you know, a huge chunk of that game last week and we needed him. So it's good it's good to see him coming back and you know that's he just showed his quality that that um that second half. Yeah, on his on his days on his days our our best technical oh, player, isn't he? And he's unplayable at times, you know, he can he's he's got tenacity, he can tackle. Some of the tackles actually he made in that second half were were brilliant. You know, getting that ball back really quickly. Uh, and that's something we need to do a lot more of. Sometimes we just go through the motions trying to get the ball back rather than getting at the players. Let them come to us. Let's get into their faces and let's make them make a mistake. And Huddersfield couldn't deal with that in that in that second half. I think you, if, you, if you saw what happened from a tactical point of view, Hamer pushed up a lot further up the pitch and let Allen drop back. Whereas in the first half, it was the opposite of that. And that really, really changed the game and changed the flow of the game. It, it did. And the thing with what Hamer does is he actually sort of engages 
with the defence. You know, I feel like Alan, some some of our other players, they'll press, but they're like nearly men. Do you know what I mean? They never actually get close enough to actually engage and, and get a tackle and, and challenge. And Hamer did that. And he literally did yeah, just grab the game by the scruff of the neck. He got you know, pressed, won the ball back, and, and then obviously he just showed his quality. But again, he's another example. You just think if we can just have a few players around him, around that spine that we've got, who can just do a little bit more than what the players we've got at present can, you, you do believe that actually he then flourish even more. You know, it just sort of felt like... He needs to be given that freedom, doesn't yeah. he? At the moment, he's sort of held back in because he's got a sort of shield with Sheaf. Yeah. If we had someone else in there, and I don't think Jamie Allen is the answer to this, it just allows Hamer to move up the pitch and be much more free and take control of the game, which happened in that in that second half because Huddersfield weren't coming at us. We could afford to let Jamie Allen drop back a little bit and let Hamer take control. And that's how we won the game. Yeah. And he only scores worldies, doesn't he, Ross? Um, he's added another one to his uh, to his record. Just thinking of, yeah, the, the Stoke goal. There was one away at Luton as well this season. He's, he scored some brilliant goals, hasn't he? And this one was probably right up there. Right up there. The Stoke the goal, that was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, very reminiscent, you know, that yeah. side of the penalty area, cutting in. and But again, it was watching the sort of the city and scene video is a really good angle of the work he does before, like you say, initially winning the ball back, real nice turn, chasing people down, and then a lovely little nice flick by Jokerez. And then, yeah, he just... It was did he flick like, it though? Did he flick or did he miscontrol it? I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of that. You can tell him that. <laughs> he takes um, an assist. But, uh, but what was great about the finish was there was a moment where I thought he was going to shoot initially and he then waited that half a beat, took that extra touch in and that just set him up perfectly. And then it was a, it was a superb strike. And, um, and at that point, it sort of felt a relief. I forgot what it was like. I know we scored two goals last week, but I really didn't celebrate it. It was the first time I felt like I celebrated a goal mm, in, in yeah. a while, to be it's, honest with you. Because last week, yeah. it was, I, I was sort of motionless, stood there, you know, from Dino spot in the box, sort of looking down at the team going, <laughs> what am I watching? You know, whereas actually, I, it felt nice to be able to sort of jump around again. I hope you didn't you put know. any drinks on my tab, fella. Oh, it's, it's, it's racking it up, mate. It's every, everyone, I was like, drinks on Dino. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it was a great goal. And, that, and that, that's what we needed. Because then at that moment, you just saw the confidence flood back in him and, and everybody else. And suddenly we, suddenly we looked like that team again, we were dictating it. And it just felt like, you know, another goal was you know, coming in the imminent. Yeah. There was also a little flick over, when he gets the ball back the second time from Vic, he flicks the ball over a Huddersfield player's leg. And it's so quick. But you, you miss those kind of things because if he doesn't get that ball over the over the leg, then you know they they cut that ball out. So it's those those little things. He's just got he's one step ahead of everybody else. Is basically what I'm trying to say. He knows what he wants to do. He knows where he wants the ball to go, and it showed in that little passage of play. Absolutely brilliant goal. Technique was was superb. Yeah, and um, we really capitalised on it as you said. It really you know spurred us on from there, um, and we made it too. Brilliant from Vic this time down the right. Um, brilliant cross into the box. It, you know, we don't see Vic contributing a whole load of assists. Or, you know, he usually tries to cut in himself and have a shot, but really good to see him actually picking that ball out and, and a brilliant uh, header from Casey Palmer, Dean. Yeah, yeah, really, really good goal. Well worked. And this was like sort of reminiscent of that chance in the first half, wasn't it? When Vic lashed a ball across the oh, box. Someone and Casey should have got was, to that. Casey yeah. was so close to getting to it as well which would have, again, been a, a brilliant goal. But, yeah, superb. Um, technique, again, we talk about technique. The header is is superb. Straight down, gives the keeper no chance, basically, to, to try and save it with a bit of precision, a bit of power. 
just a an all round brilliant goal. And I think it was someone. I think Robin said like you didn't know Casey Palmer could head the ball. <laughs> Uh, so maybe we need to utilise that a bit more. Uh, because I mean, when was... the ball's when the ball's that perfect, I oh mean, yeah, anyone, anyone can get their head on that. That's just perfect for any any player, isn't it? And he had the whole of the CBS seemingly to to take his time over over the header and and really think about what he was doing. But yeah, really really good goal. And what's that now for for Palmer? Four goals, three, uh, three in his last four. Yeah, four four in total. He's obviously got the one against Wrexham, didn't he? And then he's got two and two now. You know, Norwich he scored, and then again today. So he's he's starting to contribute more. You three, know, was that three assists as well for the guy who doesn't do anything? Well, I know that's another thing. I just I just uh, I, I, I don't I get it. What I'm reading, I, I don't, don't get, get I don't it. get it at all. But this the the thing I don't get actually. Yes, he would probably be the first person to say he'd want to be scoring more goals, right? But his work rate, how many times have we seen him charge, you know, sprint 40 yards to block the opposition, you know, when we've been winning games? His work rate has been su- superb, I think, you know. And I don't, I don't get it when fans go, oh, he's, he's lazy or whatever. He sees the pictures. He tries these killer passes. Yes, they don't always come off. And again, I actually think he's another player who sometimes we've got other players around him who aren't on the same wavelength. Like he'll, yeah, yeah he sees a, a, a picture or a pass. And we've got players who just aren't there or also haven't seen it, you know? So then it looks like it's a poor pass or whatever, but actually if we had someone running, it would have carved them open. So I've been very impressed. I think he's been a very shrewd signing. Um, you know, Bristol fans would have had you have had us believe that, you know, dreadful, lazy, luxury player turns up one every 10 games. And yes, I think, you know, he's on a bit of a purple patch. If he can keep finishing, you know, and being clinical, then I, yeah, it'd be nice to see him, you know, get to maybe eight or nine, goals by the end of the season if he can that would be that's what we need that's because that's what we're lacking really uh is goals other than Vic you know from midfield and stuff so yeah very very pleased for Palmer I think he's been a very good signing just look at his heat maps to see to see his work rate that's all you need to look at he's all over the pitch most touches in the final third yesterday as well so you know the stats don't lie effectively I think what people are saying on Twitter and stuff is absolute rubbish they need they need someone to boo don't they if it's not Alan it's Palmer. If it's not Palmer, it's Bidwell. And, you know, those three players have stepped up, you know, this, this season for me. And I thought, yeah, there was, there was no real threat from Huddersfield from there on in. We looked pretty pretty comfortable. Um, and then, obviously, Matt, Matty Godden came on, which was great to see him make his return. He got a brilliant reception from the fans. Um, and not long after he came on, he had a brilliant chance to, to seal it, Dean. Um, you bet your house on Matty Godden from here. But it did sort of go a little bit away from him, didn't it? Yeah, and you could just see the confidence probably wasn't there, you know, the, yeah, so that yeah. match sharpness, because yeah. he buries that, you know, nine yeah. times out of ten, really. Very similar to the Bristol City goal last season. Yeah. 3-2, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have to really think about it, just has to put the ball across the keeper and he just, you know, hits it straight at him. But that will come over time. Uh, it's just ha- great to have him in and amongst the squad because, by all accounts, he's a, a huge member of the squad, not just on the pitch, but vocally, you can see him, he's been at every single game that we've played home and away. Um, and a lot of injured players don't do that. So it's, it shows how much he's involved with, with this football club. And it's great to see because I think we're going to need him, especially if, when Bit gets sold on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> you have people coming for you on Twitter after this. Um, I'm absolutely dead. Good job I deleted it. <laughs> um, obviously, Maguire did come on as well, uh, Ross. Probably... The short, one of the shortest debuts ever. Oh, what a cameo. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was, awesome. <laughs> he, he was, he was shocking, you know. Uh, <laughs> Waste the money. I never, Send him back. I, honestly, though, I was laughing because, like, it, 
obviously the stoppage time came up and he was stood there for like just before he, you know, the fourth official had it up, but then it just didn't go out of play. And then it was 40 seconds left on my timer of stoppage time. Um, and I thought, he's just not, he's not going to touch the ball, is he? And he like, he did one little like sprint sort of close down the defender because he was like, like a rabbit, like kept just out of a, in the headlights. And then, and then the whistle went, I just laughed. I just thought, this guy, you know. Um, it was Go shaking everyone, he's just going around shaking everyone. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's so hard to say that. Uh, yeah, that's like you haven't done anything. He would have had to stay on the pitch for a warm down as well, like all the subs have to have to yeah. do after the game. But it was shades of um, Bashwaya. I don't know if you remember a few years ago, Antonio Conte was at Chelsea, he put Bashwaya on for like 11 seconds, and he was the first player he went and hugged on the pitch after it finished. <laughs> like, you've just absolutely wasted the man's time. He's got to have a shower and everything now, and like, it's just absolutely. Nonsense. Yeah, not not much time for him to uh, to make any sort of impact. But hopefully he'll hopefully he'll get a few more minutes well, next week. It's nice to have a player who um <laughs> we could we could bring on. It was nice to have a bench where we could bring someone on for forty seconds and not touch the ball and sort of go. Oh well, yeah, maybe next week it, yeah he'd be able to play. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him him more. Um and like like we said at the start of the pod, you know the ball's in his court to sort of you know earn a, earn a longer term deal. Um, but why do you think Ross? Why do you think he'll fit in? Because well, there's been talk of, you know, number 10 or second striker. Like, where do you actually think he'll be utilised? I think he'll be, yeah, I think he'll be played as like a foil to, to Yokoraz. I, I feel like he could put him on as like a number 10 behind. He could potentially put him up as sort of a second striker with him. I think he'll probably, yeah, rotate around those positions. You won't want to, we don't want to burn Matty Godden out, you know, sort of thing. So I think, yeah, he, he holds us a bit of flexibility and versatility. And I hope he does, you know, I hope it does really well. Um, but uh, I, I did want to just quickly say though, Wardy, you know, obviously last week we spoke about Huddersfield, you know, in the in the preview and I said they were a dreadful side and they did look dreadful. And you, you just got to think if you're a Huddersfield Town fan and your marquee January signing was Martin Waghorn. Who couldn't even play. No, but that's why they, 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 they looked woeful. And the thing is that we won at a canter and I don't think we got out of first, you know, second gear. And we were sloppy, like you know, against a better side, we, we'd have, we'd have got done with some of those passes. Um, but they, they were very very poor. Um, so we've got twelve points ahead of them, and it was a crucial game. We spoke about it, didn't we? We said if a win would sort of allow us to look up for the rest of the season, a defeat would potentially get you know people sort of worried about getting dragged in, and a draw would have been a bit sort of you know hit neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, it was good to get the win, and uh, you yeah, know, onwards mm. and upwards. Yeah, and obviously another another clean sheet, which is pleasing. Uh, ben Wilson's going for the the golden glove. Which uh, it's been a been a bit of an odd season defensively because obviously we've been shipping goals in certain games, but then we've we've I think we have is it the most clean sheets in the league now? It must be yeah. Um, as an overall as a team, so yeah, it's been it's been a strange one. Um, but you know Ben Wilson's shooting but, for that that golden glove. Well, but then again, you know if, if if you believe Twitter, you know he has he's nothing to do with the the, the clean sheets. <laughs> you know he's been he's been shocking. Um, but uh, no, I think he's been. He's been, yeah, he's been very good, you know, and I think he sort of epitomizes the whole defense, really. Like when we look good and, and organized, I, I do think defensively we're very sound. It's just we're always sort of, you know, architects of our own downfall at times, and we always just love shooting ourselves in the foot. And we've done that ever since we came back up to the championship. You know, there'll be moments where we look fine and then just don't do the basic things. So I hope he get, wins it. It'd be, I'm not sure if we've ever had a goalkeeper as. Yeah, done that. So yeah, hopefully we can keep a few more clean sheets. And if he does, and we can keep some more clean sheets, and we do keep Vic, then there is every chance that we could have a late push for the playoffs. Um, so because we need to obviously, you know, I always feel like if we keep a clean sheet, we'll win the game. 
I feel yeah. like, I always feel like we're, we're good for a goal. Um, yeah, I agree with you. So yeah, yeah, I hope he hope he keeps it up. Yeah, obviously seventeen and a half thousand inside the CBS yesterday. Not the biggest attendance we've had all season. Uh, numbers have dropped off a little bit, but it was a really good atmosphere in there. Um, yeah, fans sort of got behind the, the team a bit more. Obviously, it's something Robin's talked about in his post-match interview as well. Um, obviously, of course, like you know what's happening on the pitch does does impact that, but. It was a yeah, it was a good atmosphere at the CBS. I I I sort of I thought Robin because Robin's was quite critical. He thought, he said it was a bit flat, and I I think from where from where I sit, I hear you know things called that. It, it did feel a bit flat compared to normal. And I think the attendance was also uh, a response to the a reaction to the fact that we were supposed to be playing Preston away. You know, people have probably made plans. You know, and then it got moved from midweek to Saturday. So I do think that had an impact. I think the atmosphere. I don't think it was anyway. It was bad or anything, you know. Maybe Robin's, you know, maybe he was talking probably like a minority or whatever. But uh, you know, it, and it, you know, I think that goal lifted everybody. I just think there's been games previously where at nil nil we've been a lot louder, you know. And it was almost like we were all a bit anxious. It just felt, and then the moment that goal went went in, it was like, you know, the atmosphere from from old, you know. That and that was just from me sitting on a different part of the stadium where I can feel like I can hear singer's corner like away fans do you know what i mean so i i but i think that win will just lift everybody you know because i think the last couple of home games wrexham and norwich didn't do anything do you know what i mean it was it just caused a bit of concern didn't it for people yeah of course um dean who was your pick for man of the match i think it's a tough one i think mcnally had a really really good debut um i thought it was strong in the air it's been a long time since he played in a, in a back three from from what robbins was saying too so i think he dealt with that really well but I think I just have to go with 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 Gus because of how well he t- he took the game by the scruff of the neck. His goal was superb, and his contribution in that second half was was second to none. Ross, yeah, I can't can't disagree. I thought Mike. I thought we was... lost Ross there for a second. No, no don't you worry <laughs> about me, Dino. No, I uh, no, I thought Mike was very very good, but I do think yeah, I think I'd go with Hamer. You know, he he did just he he changed the direction. In the course of the game, um, with his solo brilliance, so yeah, Hamer. And a who scored rating of eight point one six, which is uh, which is pretty good. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We'll now move on and preview the West Brom away game on Friday night. Um, bit of a tricky game, this. Uh, West Brom have had a pretty mad season. Uh, been on a very very good run of late, uh, but a re- they had a really poor start to the season. They were obviously down in the bottom three with us. Um, Dean, what have you made of West Brom this season? Yeah, like you said, it's a bit of an indifferent one from from them. Uh, I expected them to be at the top end of the table, and I think they're they're going to make their way towards there now, especially under Carlos Corberan. I think he's a he's a top top manager. Um, I saw, I saw somebody was at, was after him as well. Was it was it Everton were in talks with him potentially? Possibly, yeah. I know Sean Dyche is going there now, so that would have been a, a huge uh, huge knock to to West Brom going forward. But the cream rises to the top more often than not in this division. Um, and West Brom with their squad should be battling for, for promotion honours um, come towards the end of the season. I think they're going to they're gonna make it towards the playoffs. You know, them and, and Middlesbrough had slow starts, but, you know, really good squads, um, well-managed. And I think they're, they're you know, they're, they're sort of moving their way back towards the top now, which is, which is good for them, obviously, but not good for us as we go up against them. Well, they're in... They're in- uh, as you say, to the change of manager, I think, is is what sort of 
change their course of direction. I was surprised that Steve Bruce was sort of in for as long as he, yeah. as he was. Yeah. I think that, I mean, since the World Cup uh, break and since they, you know, we returned to league action, you know, they've, they've won six, only lost two out of eight games. One of those defeats was, of course, at, at the CBS. Um, so we have beat them. But and, that goes uh, to show if you go on a run where you can well, see yourself ending up in this in this league. Exactly. And it's one of those games that if we're sloppy and we give the ball away in areas like Panzo and other players did, they've got the quality to punish us and we could lose the game. We could yeah. lose 2-3-1, something like that. Or if we play well, like we did against Burnley, and we just show a ruthless edge and we take our chances, we could go there and win the game. I, I really think it's a, a finely balanced affair, but one that we should hopefully have a bit of confidence. Um, I just hope that Vic's leading the line. Um, otherwise, I won't be very confident. Uh, <laughs> well, you look at that. I mean, you talk about giving the ball away. If you give the ball away to these boys, Dean Garner, Wallace, Swift, they'll punish you. Daryl Dyke. They they will punish you, and I know, and Carlin Grant as well. I'll forget about him. You know, they they've got lots of riches in this team, um, and we can't afford to be as sloppy as we as we have been recently. But this is the type of game where we sort of bring it to the opposition because we coming up against a better team that seems to lift us even more. And the Hawthorns, if you get on top of the West Brom team the fans they can turn nasty it's it's you know a long a long tradition at, at West Brom where they can turn on their team very very quickly and we've got to play to that we've really really got to play to it Ross what do you think is going to be key in getting a result from this game I just think how we how we approach the game I think we need to be good on the ball we need to be confident you know our whole game plan and the way we play is those quick transitions you know, those little one one touch passes through the midfield th- from Hamer and Sheaf to, to Allen or Palmer. And then again, playing the ball to Vic. The service needs to be a lot better uh, than it was against Huddersfield. Um, but if we get the service right and we get people up in support of, of Jokeres, if he's if he's playing, then, um, then I think we've got every chance. I think that's the key. I, I always think that is the key when we play. I feel like if we perform, we have every chance of winning the game. I don't, you know... Um, there's other sides in the division who I think, you know, they'd have to sh- shift what they're doing and they just don't have as much quality. I think we have quality and when we're on song, we're very, very good. Um, but yeah, it's just, we just need to be better with the passing. That, as simple as that, I think for me. A lot of the, the, the goals that West Brom have conceded recently have been from counter-attacks as well. And I feel that's something we do really, really well. Getting yes. that ball out to Vic and getting bodies in around him is going to be so important. They're not the greatest at the back, West Brom. So we've got to take advantage of that. And that's one of the ways we'll, we'll get out this team. And, and we will create chances against them. There's, there's no doubt about that for me. Would you go and change this one, Dean? Um, I, I think it's dependent on, on Fads. I think this is the type of place where, you know, Fads' leadership will, will come into its own. Mm. So, do you think he'll be ready by then? Feels like it could possibly be one game too soon. Might be. Um, but when did he get back on the grass? Last week, I think. He's one of those players who you feel like can get up to speed a bit quicker, don't you? Like he, you know, keeps himself fit anyway. So possibly. But he would love the challenge against Daryl Dyke. That would yeah, be yeah. a challenge he would absolutely thrive on. I feel so. Maybe him back into the team, and you know, do do you want to go for it? If you go for it, then you you put Godden up with 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 Vic. 
and put Palmer in behind and just let Heyman Sheaf try and control the middle of the park. Do you think he would? Do you think he would drop Alan? James, yeah, I don't think he will. He's the captain, isn't he? Which is, well, you know, yeah, beggar's exactly. belief for for a start. That's another conversation for another day. But it's, I yeah, I don't think he will because he's he's definitely got Robin's nudes, hasn't he? So unless unless. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't ask him that actually we, we, we should have asked him that when we, yeah, we posted the forgot evening forgot that one um, yeah. but uh, I mean it all depends isn't it because Fads would then take the arm armband if if he was in the side and I, you sort of look at it and after watching McNally I sort of feel if we had Callum Doyle going back to that left centre back slot Fads in the middle McNally on the right I think because he won everything in the air McNally I, I think yeah. Fads is very good in the air and Doyle's been good I think that would be the, probably the back three that Robbins would look to go to um, but I I mean, so speaking of captains as well, Liam Kelly hasn't featured a minute since that Wrexham. And I wanted to ask you, Dina, since you're No, stop it now. Come I, on, I, you're going to make I me cry. To, no, I don't, <laughs> don't cry. It's all right. But I just wanted you to give you an opportunity to share your thoughts on, on Liam Kelly and, and where you see him. I think Liam Kelly's time with the club is, is coming to an end. Um, but I want to remember the good times, Ross. You know, he 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 stuck with us from, from League Two and he was pivotal, really, in getting us to where we are now. Um, and people talk about the club legends all the time. For me, he's he's one of them. He took us from the depths of of League Two to where we are, and you know we should always be grateful for that. He's, he's, not he's not dead. He's not. He's not. He's. Uh, it sounded like a eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> he's not dead. I can confirm. But yeah, I you know he's, he's he's been a great servant, and he will be on his way in the summer. And you know, good good luck to him. He's still got two or three years left in in the lower divisions, and he'll be a great asset to those clubs. Announce hashtag Kelly twenty twenty seven new contract tomorrow. <laughs> you can have a personal contract from me. I'm not employing That's, him as a hooker uh... or anything. That just, just... <laughs> also got a best call. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's move on. But yeah, let's um let's grab some predictions. Uh, Dino, I'll let you go first. I'm going to go for a one nil win. I I'm I'm confident. I think we'll go go to the Hawthorns. We'll rattle them, and we'll we'll come out with with a sneaky one nil win. Ross. Penalty penalty, as well. Well, that'd be nerve wracking. A uh, one all, which you'd probably take, right? I, I yeah, I would take a point. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's about it for this week, chaps. Um, unless you've got anything else to get off your chest. How about you, Wardy? What's your prediction? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry about that. How are you doing in the Tweet League this year? Oh, mate, I gave up ages ago. I gave up week one after I saw the pitch sort of, debacle. I thought, I, I can't be asked for this. Yeah, I did got well into it last season, but I just kind of lost lost uh, track of it a bit this, this season. It was all the notifications for me. Yeah. Just my phone pinging off left, right and centre. Well, we we did it as a as a podcast. We didn't do very well, so kind of gave up, which isn't very uh, isn't great of us. But it also shows how much we know. So f- thank you for continuing to listen to the Scottish yeah. Sister podcast. So here we go, another bad prediction. I'll, I'll go two two. Oh, love yeah. that. So an, an entertaining Friday night game at, at the Hawthorns. Also, it's a, it's a rearranged fixture, isn't it? It is. So well, it's, on, it's, it's on Friday, but it's not on TV. But it's on the red button because it was a midweek game. It was a, was it? I thought it was a Saturday game. Got moved earlier. Yes, it was. But how could it be on the red button if it was on a Saturday originally? Oh, I have no idea, to be honest. Who knows? I'll leave that one with you. 
<laughs> so yeah, hopefully everyone gets to watch it on the red button. If not, I follow. If not, at the Hawthorns itself. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about it for this week. Um, cheers for joining me, chaps. Uh, so I'll say a quick thanks to everyone who's bought a ticket for the next Meet the Players event at the Skyview Tavern. Uh, Ross and I will be representing Skyview's Extra on the 7th of Feb. Um, look, really looking forward to interviewing Gus Hamer and Frankie Dabo. Should be a brilliant evening. Um, tickets have sold out now. Um, they sold out very, very quickly, which is great. Um, but if, Is if that because you two are going... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not, nothing to do with the players yet. Yeah, they want Ross's autograph. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyone who uh, didn't manage to grab a ticket, um, you can get your question answered. Um, so just get in touch with us and you can always use our usual hashtag, which is uh, SBE podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.